0: Hi, everybody. Uh, This is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me this week are two amazing co-hosts. Liz, say hi to everybody.
1: Hello, everybody.
0: And Joe. Hi, Joe. Hello. Uh, We did a little pre-show. We do that every week. By the way, if you want to hear the pre-show, we stream it live on the Blizzard Watch uh, Twitch account. It's it's literally just twitch.tv slash Blizzard Watch. And you can listen to me and Joe and Liz talk about all sorts of stuff this week, civic planning and painting miniatures. Um, <laughs> the miniature painting story is heartwarming. If a little, you know, it's touching and the civic planning thing was very much not. So yeah, <laughs> thing things come and go on the free show. We, we we talk about all sorts of random stuff, but on this show, we actually talk about blizzard entertainment and its mini games and other games, maybe in the future, who knows what will happen. Um, before we, we get into anything, I, this is something I'm just straight up just going to mention, and we can just move on. But it's been like 78 days since Blizzard's employees had their list of demands after the the DFEH lawsuit, and nobody from Blizzard has so much, and nobody from Activision Blizzard, sorry the the higher ups has so much as addressed them. Not or even to say this them. isn't going to happen. Yeah, not not acknowledge them, not address them, not you know, it, as far as where they're concerned, this stuff didn't happen can't see it, can't hear it, you you can't make me. Uh so yeah, we're we're pointing that out. That is that is that is words I can't say and I don't feel like having a pirate ghost put over me right now. So yeah. We
2: get one per PG-13. Go for it.
0: Yeah, I don't want to yet. I want to save it cuz who knows. We're we're going to be talking more about the situation in a little bit. There's there's a news about it that happened. But To give us something friendlier and happier to talk about up front, mercenary mode for Hearthstone came out today and we have opinions and amazingly they don't all agree. I know you're shocked. Um,
1: (laughs) I think we actually actually cover like the whole range of opinions between the three of us.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I'm going to have Liz talk first because she is much more knowledgeable about Hearthstone than we are. Although I'm going to say, I think in mercenary modes we're all basically in the same area. Like, cause this mm-hmm. is very different from regular Hearthstone. So go yeah. ahead, Liz.
1: Um, so yeah, Mercenaries came out today and it's, it's in Hearthstone, which we know is a collectible card game, but it is not a card game. It's a little turn-based RPG where you go through these sort of random list of encounters and you do quests and you level your mercenaries and you collect gear. It's a tiny little RPG built into Hearthstone and it's a little confusing because i think if you like hearthstone you don't really know to ex- know what to expect and if you don't like hearthstone this is a totally new game mode that you might like that you may never see because it's in hearthstone and you're like i don't like card games but this isn't a card game just kind of crammed into hearthstone um, and i don't i don't like it and i don't dislike it i'm i'm right in the middle here i don't i don't mind it i've been playing it all all evening you know trying to get a feel for it but I also don't love it. It feels like it feels like a very simple RPG where you just go in and it's like okay, I'm going to play these encounters over and over and level my heroes and get more heroes and then level those heroes. Uh so I don't know if it's going to have longevity because it's just it's it's a pretty simple RPG to me. I was hoping someone else was going to pick oh, up. I was waiting.
0: <laughs> Oh, I was trying to. My sorry, Uh, I drank some liquid, and thus my (laughs) headphone thing was popped up. Joe, since I know you have pretty strong opinions about it, I'm going to say you should go next.
2: Sure, I. I'm going to preface this by saying I am a firm believer of it's not for me. I'm not going to talk garbage about it or tell somebody that they're wrong for liking something. I just don't like it. Um, I went through the uh, the the tutorial of like lead an adventure thing. Didn't really care for it. I thought the UI was very unintuitive. I thought it was very ham fisted in a way that did a lot of things. I think Liz is right that it is a very simplistic RPG. Um, it reminds me a lot of an old tabletop game uh, that involved dice called dice warriors, uh, where there was really literally nothing to it besides you pick dice. They were your warriors. You rolled them and you hoped you did well. Um, except there's that turn-based combat element to it. I can see what they were going for, and I know that people are going to enjoy this, and I'm going to be very, very happy for them. But it just, it 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 lost interest, at least I lost interest, very, very quickly, so much so that, like, I immediately uninstalled Hearthstone when I was done going through the tutorial, because I'm not going to play this again. Like, I'm just, and that's okay, it's just not for me. I am not the target audience, just like I wasn't the target audience for their battlegrounds um, when they did their auto battle. Just not my thing and that's okay
0: okay uh as you can see i'm actually playing this right now while we're having this conversation um i like it i don't know why i like it like if you ask me to explain my liking it i don't got nothing for you um it everything they're saying about it is true it's simplistic it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of like this has nothing to do with a card game at this point. The only card game part is your characters are on cards when you f- when you first pick the three you're going to be using. And that's it. That is the only SOP to card gaming in this entire thing. And it, it is absolutely not a super complicated game. I mean, it's, it is everything that they just said it is. I, I don't feel the need to belabor it or defend it. And yet, I'm still playing it. I'm sitting here playing it right now. I don't know why I'm doing it. If you ask me to justify why I'm doing this instead of like the much more deep and interesting games that I've got at home that I could be playing. Well, for one thing, some of those aren't blizzard games and I kind of have to be playing a blizzard game for this most of the time. Uh, But also why am I doing this and not Diablo two? I've got nothing for you on that one. Um, In in every way I could tell you Diablo two or Diablo three or the original Diablo, feels like a more complete and better game to me than this. But th- this is actually, it's interesting in much the same way that you see all those, the games on mobile and so forth, where, where it's like, you know, just wander around and like, you know, I have a number over my head and I go hit some other person with a number over their head. It's more complicated than that, but in a way that doesn't feel onerous. And I'm having very little difficulty playing it. I, I, I'm enjoying it. Like right now I'm fighting this elemental guy who's kicking my butt and it's, it's fun. I, I do not mind doing it. Uh, I'm keep healing up my tank, you know, keep shooting this, this guy with arrows and, you know, keep hoping that we stay alive. I, I, that's it. That's the game. And I, I, I straight up enjoy it. I, and I am surprised. Believe me, I am incredibly surprised to be enjoying this because I don't enjoy this kind of thing. I don't know if it's the blizzard polish. And I also got to say, thing, thing that, that they didn't talk about that I do have to say is the UI is maddening.
2: Yeah, it's it's it is, not it, good.
0: It is not the the UI needs significant improvements and the game needs to be better at telling you what it is you're doing. Yeah, like,
2: like we're talking about that in chat a little bit. Like I don't agree with the monetization of Magic the Gathering Arena, but it is a game that the interface is like top tier for the, for anything involving cards and the various types of play. It is very easy for somebody who is who has no idea what they're doing to figure out what they're doing within the first 5 minutes. The UI for this, though, it's it. I don't know where the decision-making process was, but it is it is maddening is a very good word for Matt.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but overall, my, my my reaction to this is positive. I think it is fun. Um, I'm enjoying it. And I'm not the kind of person who likes a lot of these kind of games. Uh, and it the pros and cons for me are fun, liking it, liking the characters, uh, think there's a lot of potential here. The cons are UI feels rushed as heck at best and outright, you know infuriating at worst and there is i don't know how to put this part there there really needs to be a better an interface that doesn't feel like it's fighting you but also this if you are not if you are a hearthstone player who likes playing hearthstone the game about playing a card game you will not like this because it is not a card game like if if you are just if that's what you came here for you're not getting it uh is that's not a breaker for me because you know I, i i'm not that invested in it and it's like, and they already did this with Battlegrounds, right? I mean, we could, we could, we could pretty much say Battlegrounds are not a card game either, right?
1: Battlegrounds does actually have cards.
0: Yeah, but you would, you would but be willing it's to a, say it's a different kind of game as well,
1: right? It is a different kind of game, but it's also one of Hearthstone's most popular modes. So I don't know that it's a bad thing for them to branch out. But Battlegrounds does have cards that you play and use.
0: Yeah, this only the only cards this has is at the very beginning and end, and they're not really cards. I don't yeah. know. I I get the DNA of it. I understand how it got to this point because it is definitely feels very much like the tokens and stuff you dropped during a Hearthstone game. I don't know. I, I generally do like this game. I straight up, I do like it. So that's me. Yeah, and I'm happy for you. Uh, But anything else we want to talk about about the game before we move on to other stories? I'm good.
1: I just want to say, I want to say that I think sometimes your brain does not want a super complicated game. And maybe this is like, the level you are able to play or interested in playing because it's something it's a little challenging it's not very challenging it kind of engages you but not too much and i just i just that's a good thing
0: just my brain just did it it clicked something (laughs) i've been thinking about when you were talking about that this game reminds me of the mission table from the original garrison but Mm. if you could actually play it yeah if you then you took the little guys and you put them on the table, but then instead of just, oh, you won or you lost, you actually have moves and stuff to do during it. Um, I actually think it, this would be the best mission table ever if it was in World of Warcraft. Like, this is what a, the mission table should be like. There should be gameplay involved. It shouldn't just be put your characters in a thing and then wait till tomorrow and see if you got something. It should be this. It should be, you know, you get on the mission table, you do your mission, you, you get through the thing, you make choices, and you win or you lose. And I, I do like that aspect of it. I do think there's gameplay here, and it's emergent gameplay that I think is fun. But I can see why people wouldn't like it. Because, again, it does not feel tremendously like Hearthstone. And also, it's, it is simple. Like, I could honestly, I think one of the reasons Joe doesn't like it, although I don't know that he would agree with me, is that it is not challenging him. Joe is an extremely tactical person. Um, I can't disagree. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I've noticed this as a DM dealing with Joe. I have to like literally cheat like (laughs) like, like straight up. Like, you know, Oh yeah. Joe's here and he's going to do that. All right. I better quickly add something to the NPC where that doesn't work. Not, not to completely stymie him. (laughs) But just to keep him from finishing every encounter in three moves, you have to kind of like the assumption I'm always making is, well, my character, my villain here is way smarter than I am. So they would have expected that thing that Joe just did.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And and then you like you'd only do it once or twice. You can't just keep doing it because then the player will realize, oh, you're shafting me and then they will hate you. But if you do it once or twice, they're like, oh, I'll change tactics. And you're like, oh, okay, well, now I'll just have to let him do this horrible thing that's going to screw up my entire encounter. I'm um,
2: sorry, man. How would he do you No, no
0: it's, <laughs> it's, no, it's fine. It's, this is not a complaint. But I think for people who are extremely tactically minded, this will feel like baby's first tactical game.
2: Yeah, you know this, what? Yeah, I think you, it, might be, you might be right.
0: This is a very, it's a turn-based tactics game, but it's not a sophisticated one. And keep in mind that I'm only on the level seven part of the tutorial. Um, I have not gotten past that, uh, but I, I don't see it changing to become a really complicated thing anytime soon. And that means for players who are extremely tactically focused, I could see there being a problem there. I could see this just not being what they want. So, uh, but yeah, I think we've talked about it enough. Um, I, again, I do like it. I I really do. I'm not, this is so weird for me to be saying this. (laughs) I'm like not captain positive. If anyone who knows me knows that, but I'm actually having fun with it. So. But now we should move on to talking about – I'm just going to pull the Band-Aid on it because we're going to have to talk about it sooner or later. Um, if you've been keeping track of the whole situation with, with Blizzard, Activision Blizzard and its various lawsuits, um, one of the big ones was a recent settlement that they they negotiated with the uh, the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is a federal agency, for an $18 million settlement. We talked about it last week. We said it's you know underwhelming as settlements go. I think underwhelming is actually being nice here.
2: Underwhelming and comes with strings attached to try to absolve them of any legal obligation.
0: Which, yeah. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing obviously did not like this settlement because one of the things that will happen is that people who sign up for it will lose their rights to sue Activision Blizzard over this kind of thing. And that could mean that they're the, the various things that they could tell the DFAH will be removed; they could be put under privilege. There's lots of stuff that they don't like, so they filed an objection in court, saying, "Hey, we we don't want this settlement to go through like this because it will it will hamper our investigation." And that's when the Equal, Opportun- Equal Employment Opportunity Commission smashed them in the face, legally speaking, because they pointed out that the the two chief attorneys that have headed up the DFH investigation for the past two years worked on the EEOC investigation. And therefore, were privy to details of it, and now they're filing against it, which is a conflict of interest. And not only is that ethically dubious, there's there's whole sorts of every state has their own version of you know ethics laws and so forth. But it's specifically illegal in California Mm -hmm. for this to to work on this thing without permission from your previous employer, which they did not get or even try to get. And so the EEOC is saying not only. Do those two lawyers, you know, shouldn't they shouldn't be able to file it, but because they were in charge of the DFEH investigation, even though California has changed counsel already, that shouldn't matter because these two were directing everything California did for the past two years. And thus they've poisoned everything and their entire legal division shouldn't be involved in this settlement case at all. Um, that hasn't been decided yet. The, the judge has not ruled on it one way or another. But if the Equal Opportunity, um, um, you know, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission gets their way here, not only will the DFEH not be able to file their complaint and not object at all, it's really bad for their case because it is like handing Activision Blizzard a get out of jail free card. You know, not no, not, well, not a get out of jail free card. But harshly. let me put it this way: any lawyer is who and even you know even people who like make up being lawyers or watch a lot of law and order on TV can already hear the blizzard attorney saying these two employees didn't like what was going on at the EEOC and so they moved over to California and brought all that information with them to try and get you know t- with a vendetta against blizzard and this is why this happened and they judge will have to think about this because the, the, the ethics complaint, they, they did violate California law. I, I think it's likely they did not intend to do so. But regardless, they did. Um, there's going to be, this is going to have fallout for the DFEH case. It's going, this is, I won't say it's good for Activision Blizzard, but it's bad for the DFEH. I mean, and, it's,
2: yeah. if, they, if it winds up getting into the ruling where the entire legal counsel is, is, seen as poisoned and no longer able to carry on the case, then it becomes good for Activision Blizzard. And it yeah. becomes, no matter what, this whole thing becomes in- exceptionally bad for the employees. And mm-hmm. that's that's the part that I care about the most. Like, it's, it's a legal, like, uh, eye-level waving contest between the two of them at this point, where, like, yes, this law was violated, but now it's like, instead of trying to take a measured approach with the idea of there was still wrongdoing that needs to be done the EOC is going full bore and just like pushing for everything to be like obliterated almost and it's I, at the end of the day it's mind blowing to me that uh, this group that sued at a federal level on behalf of the employees because of the the conditions and the treatment and everything that happened and even with that 18 million dollar fund win and I'm air quoting that would then not want more recompense or, or, or better for the employees that they're supposed to be protecting. Like it's, it's, it's sickening. Like I understand the, the whole, like the laws, the laws, the law, but it seems like they're taking it a step further than that. And I, I I'm, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but Matt's right. There's going to be fallout and it, it's scary fallout. Like, and I, I right. go
0: ahead. Liz edited the piece that I wrote. Um, so I wanted to get her feedback on this too. To me, one of the most startling things is how aggressive the EEOC was mm-hmm. in their response. What did you think about that?
1: I mean, yeah, it's an aggressive response. But if what if what uh, ca- the state of California is being accused of, if that is true, it's a very serious legal matter, and you know you can kind of you can understand where they're coming from in filing such an aggressive response. Um, I would point out that we have only heard the side from the side of the case from the federal attorneys. We have not heard a response from California. So maybe there's something that's different. Maybe this is not what it seems. I don't know. But it just this is such a boondoggle. This seems like such a mistake. How could you make a mistake like this? It's almost comic that you would make such an error like this when prosecuting. Such an important case, and yeah. definitely, this is going to come up in the state of California's case. Even though this filing was not related to the state's case, no,
0: it wasn't. Except- That's the other thing too. It, this is this entire thing—the EUC um, measure, that their their motion—is purely in regu- in regards to the federal case and the settlement it- negotiated for that case. It has no relevancy to the DF- DFEH. The only reason the DFEH filed was because they were afraid that people that they would require to prove their case might be locked out through either their own signing of the, you know, they they would have to sign a agreement to get the settlement. And that settlement could therefore be used to, you know, indemnify Activision Blizzard in the case, or they would lock testimony behind privilege because now it would be a legal matter. Mm-hmm. Between, between the attorneys and the, the people say, taking the settlement. So it's understandable DFAH filed, and I'm positive they did not expect this. Like, they did not think going into this that the EEOC would say, hey, you're, what about that ethics violation? I mean, they probably, you know, know if they knew that that was going to happen, they would have gone in there with different lawyers. Yeah. You know, there's just, they had new lawyers in like 10 minutes. They, 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 they had hired new lawyers by the time the story even came out so they they have the capacity to get new lawyers so yeah this is a this is weird and it, it it is we don't know a lot yet as liz just pointed out so yeah there's there's a lot to this but i felt like we wonder had to if talk there's, this. You know?
1: yeah i do wonder if there's another side of the story if it's but it, even if there is another side of the story this is such a complicated boondoggle and uh, it was already a complicated boondoggle and now it's a more complicated boondoggle so
0: yeah it's extremely yeah, because previously, uh, you know, previously it was bad, but at least we understood who the what was going on between the different agencies. Now we don't. We have no idea who, like, what's going on now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's like because as Liz pointed out, it it does. We haven't heard from California, and it does feel like there's almost no way they would have walked into that courtroom if they thought there was any ethics violation to be worried about. They just. You know, and what, they didn't walk into the courtroom. This was all on the phone. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I, interested to see what happens next. Obviously, I, I am, as Joe pointed out, this is really not great for the employees because it makes this whole thing more tenuous. And the more tenuous it is, the less secure they are. Um. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say about it. I, I, either of you have anything to wrap up on before we move on to the next thing? No, I think I'm good.
1: I think we covered it.
0: All right, then. I'm going to move on to something that's a bit you know, more fun. Uh, Halloween Terror from Overwatch, the the yearly event celebrating Halloween. I mean, it's in the name. <laughs> I, I feel like I kind of covered it. Anyway, that's today. As we are recording this, it, it started today. Mm-hmm. I have not had a chance to look at any of it because just a lot of stuff. Like I wanted to get Mercenary Mode downloaded and played, and I could not get it to download for like most of today. It's like I don't know what happened. It was like for like an hour, like three hours, my download speed was so low that the bar wasn't even moving. And then all of a sudden, as just as soon as I complained about it in in work chat, saying, <laughs> "I if I can never get it to download," it was like whoop. <laughs> so that's been me today. So I haven't had a chance to even look at Overwatch. Have either of you looked at it? Yes. Talk to me about it. <laughs> uh, the main draw, is
2: <laughs> always, is the the skins that are available. Um, I haven't had a chance to drop into, to usually it's Dr. Drunkenstein's revenge. Um, but like usually it's brand new skins. And this year is no exception with some of the phenomenal skin work that they've done. Um, particularly I am maybe surprising. No one super pleased with, uh, vampire hunter Brigitte and, uh, Dwargar Reinhardt, because something about Reinhardt being a deep dwarf, uh, is just absolutely <laughs> hilarious to me. Uh, but the Vampire Hunter Brigitte looks very much like you would expect a Van Helsing with a mace and a, a shield to look like. Uh, it is very, very well done. Uh, there's Seder Lucio, uh, which is, uh, at, I think, really w- well done. He looks sort of like um, Xavius almost, like Xavius before tentacles, which I think is really neat. There is Vampire Bat Echo, which is a super high tech Uh, Well, Bat, which looks really, really cool. It actually looks like something out of a G.I. Joe cartoon, and I'm sort of here for it. Uh, You have Coffin Bastion with his little undead uh, skeleton arm and uh, when he transforms into a coffin tank, because that's a thing that can happen. Uh, Skeleton Genji, which is Genji in skeleton painted armor, uh, almost looks like one of those morph suits that if you turn the lights off and the skeleton pieces glow in the dark. Uh, There is Einharjar uh, Zarya, which makes sense, Uh, dished out the the Viking uh, Einharjar look, and uh, then there's Clown Roadhog, which is absolutely terrifying, uh, because his face is definitely the clown stuff, but it's the stomach that gets me, because on his stomach is painted a clown face that says smile, and it is menacing, and I don't like clowns to begin with, so thanks for that, Blizzard, I appreciate it. Uh, But yeah, they're... The, you can earn these different ways. We actually covered on the site, uh, but it's if you are into Halloween and you like Overwatch, now's your time to shine, folks. All
0: righty. That's pretty cool. You stop there. I've been pushing the wrong button as I explained to people that I pushed <laughs> the wrong button. So there you go. I've been hosting podcasts since 20.
2: 20- it's been a while.
0: Eight, <laughs> 2008. Oh, my God. more my God. Hold on. Brain, brain, brain hurt. Anyway, something we should talk about the uh, last thing on our list for this week is the seasons of mastery for wow. Classic. They were announced. Um, it's basically kind of like seasons from Diablo three, but for wow. Classic where you can go to a new server that resets everybody. Like you, you, everyone starts at level one and all the content is, you know, not open yet. And then it's an accelerated leveling experience. They, they, they'd speed up the leveling and they drop the content more rapidly so like i think by the end of the year you've got everything unlocked um we don't know when it's coming out yet it's already on the ptr like you there's a ptr for this right now as we are recording it's been out for like i think almost a week um yeah so you can go test it you can go look at like the leveling i think it's locked to level 30 on the ptr right now um but the cool thing about it in my opinion is that it basically allows people to have the fresh experience that you know, once WoW Classic got to its last content patch, it's not the same as when you leveled it and, you know, nothing was open yet because everything is now open and people just skip straight to the end. I, I do think it's interesting. I do look, I'm looking forward to seeing how it plays out when people actually play it. Um, but I'm not sure how it's going to work. Like, um, I mean, let's just put it up. This sp- They've basically taken the concept of WoW Classic and the, the it started with no changes and then moved to some changes and now this is pretty significant changes. Um, and I don't mind it because the other service will still be out there if you don't want to deal with it. But I do think it's interesting. Are, are we going to see this repeat? Is it going to be like Diablo seasons where you get a new season and they, you know, now be, this is different? That'd be kind of rad, actually. Yeah. I just want to know if that's going to be what happens. Like, w- like what would you think of that, Joe, since you think it would be rad? Can I you, you Expand.
2: I kind of like that idea almost like, and this is because again, for me, wow. Classic isn't vanilla. Wow. They are two completely separate beasts can two completely separate things. But I like the idea of sort of like that season cycle where, you know, things reset and you get to do things over again uh, and you get to experience everything over again. And it's sort of like a repeating time capsule almost. And if you pace it right, I think it could work really, really well. Diablo seasons were fun for a while for me uh, until they weren't. And then I just moved on to other things, but this is something that I think would fall into that same category. It would be fun for quite a while. I think this is something that would actually make me likely install. Wow. Classic and play WoW classic. And that's saying something. If you've listened to this podcast, you understand what that means. (laughs) Um, But like, I think it would be a cool idea because it's, it's, Again, that's part of the fun of of what classic was to me was sort of that original like grind and discovery and everything else. And even then, like after that, it was leveling alts through and refiguring out how to do things in the most efficient way uh, to try to like sort of, I don't to say jump the queue, uh, but do it quicker, more efficiently and better. That was really fun for me. So having seasons where you reset and do it again instead of building a thousand alts you could just do it with you know or in my case my shaman repeatedly I'd be all about that like that would be super rad.
0: Okay, uh Liz, I wanted to ask you since one of the things that they're also talking about doing is rebalancing the various encounters so that they have more health or otherwise have abilities from their original incarnations because as things stand every boss came out in their patch 1.12 mode. Like after like a couple years like so people went to molten core but the molten core bosses had been nerfed from their original, you Mm -hmm. know, iteration. What do you think about that? Like them actually rebalancing the encounters and aiming for stuff to be harder up front.
1: I mean, I think it's a good thing. You want to improve, at least I assume the point of this is to improve the game's longevity. And to do that, I think you have to add something new. I know we've all been no changes about classic, But you know everyone's gotten to the end of classic and now everyone's rushing through content and Burning Crusade and you're gonna run out of stuff to do. And for the people who love classic, who loved Vanilla WoW and want something of that experience, well, they're out of things to do now if that's what they wanted. So this gives them something new. It gives them the classic-like experience, but it adds some challenge. It changes it up enough to where it can be different and hopefully be fun and give them something something new to do that they still enjoy. So I think it's fine, especially considering how everyone just rushed through every single boss when Classic first came out. It was just zoom through every encounter. So I think uh, rebalancing is a really good idea. And we'll, we're going to have to see what happens.
0: Okay, one of the things I've been thinking about is that if this becomes a repeating thing, like if we have new seasons in the future, will they steal the theme season idea? and if they do, what will the themes be? <laughs> like will like one one like season two, it's going to be the, the season of, you know, I don't know, monkeys.
2: No, like, no, monkeys. season two needs to be the season of
0: hogger. <laughs> well, you know, oh. but my point <laughs> being like seriously, like do you think that 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 would work for wild WoW classic players,, or would that be a bridge too far? Like the idea of, you know, this season you get a special buff that allows you to do X or what have you. Like Rallying Cry of the Dragon, St- Dragon Slayer all the time. Like, you, <laughs> you you know where I'm going? Like, what would, yeah. what would be good? Would it be a good idea or should they just stay as minimal as possible with it? I
1: mean, I think doing... Ch- Changes like that, you know, they're still leaving the original servers, you know, the way they were. But I think making changes and having this sort of seasonal play is is a really good and a really interesting idea because you can keep playing classic, but you have something new to do because classic has been around for a while. I mean, we all know what vanilla was like. We've been there, we've done that, and now classic has been out for quite a while. Everyone has had time to burn through that content. But if you enjoy classic style gameplay and you want to keep playing, you run out of things to do. So, yeah, change it up enough that there's something new to do, but not so much that it doesn't feel like you're playing your classic classes. It doesn't feel like the experience is gone. I think it's a good idea.
0: Joe? I think it's a good idea. Then my (laughs) last question about this before we move on to emails and so forth is this. Um, We've now basically got this game, and we've got Burning Crusade Classic, and everyone's talking about Wrath Classic, although it hasn't been announced yet. Mm-hmm. would you eventually like to see like every expansion get like a, at least one server dedicated to going back and playing into that rule set? Like, would you be interested in a cataclysm one? Would you be interested in Missa Pandaria where you go back and you play the the Mists of Pandaria zones as they were on launch with the abilities you had at launch, like all the way, like get to do Legion at level 100 again. Like, would that be interesting or do you think that that's kind of getting nuts and we should just, We're we're okay where we are. I'm always
2: going to say more is more gooder.
1: Yeah, I mean, and clearly people enjoy that kind of gameplay, but also, like, I don't feel while there are some things I liked about older expansions, you know, I don't feel the need to go back and do them again personally. And that's actually why this classic season mastery is more interesting to me than just straight classic because I could go back and do it again, but it's a little different. And the leveling process is a little less, uh, we'll go a little faster. So you could get through the leveling grind and get into doing things faster. So that might be interesting.
0: Okay. I think at this point, we're going to start doing the, uh, emails and questions. If you have a question for the show, you can email us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast of Blizzard blizzardwatch. So we know it's for the show. And I'm going to say, please do. Cause right now it's all spam emails. Yeah, we're getting, <laughs> we all we're getting light on me. emails. Yeah, like it, it, it's great that you all use in Discord, but I mean, it's it's kind of dispiriting when I open up the email folder and it's some other person trying to get me to, like, you know, talk about automotive glass repair or what have you. It's like, I, this is not, I mean, Blizzard Watch, even if you thought we were like a snow thing, this question <laughs> is not about that. But regardless, uh, so yeah, that you can do that. You can hit us up on podcast uh, at blizzardwatch.com. Please do. We love getting emails. Or if you do just prefer Discord, you can absolutely go to our Discord and go to the Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel. If you're a patron, and you know you get a better chance of having your questions answered. I think every question we have this week comes from that channel. The other channel on Discord is the Q Questions channel, which didn't have any questions, which is why I didn't use any. Um, Also, and this happens from time to time, but I'm going to just tell you straight up: if you want to, and if you, I haven't blocked you for being rude to me once or something, you can go to Twitter and you can just send me a Twitter DM. Uh, my DMs are open, so it's it's not hard to do. Um, or you can do it to Joe. My DMs are
2: not open, but you can tweet
0: at me. You can tweet at Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, there's various ways to get questions to us. We like questions. We like talking about them. And we're going to talk about them now. i um, going to say this time Liz goes first.
1: <laughs> well, our first question is actually about the season of mastery, so we can continue that discussion a little bit. From Volkan, thoughts on Wild Classic Season of Mastery. Do you think it will further segment an already segmented player base? And that is a concern. I don't, I'm not sure if it's a big concern. I'm not sure how much of a problem this is, but of course I'm not actively playing Classic right now. What do y'all think?
0: I think that in terms of dividing the already segmented player base, quite frankly, that has happened. Oh yeah. And there is no real worry. There's no reason to worry about it because it's already here. Like, we're already post-segmentation. As long as everybody is still paying that $15 subscription fee or, you know, otherwise, you know, has to have a WoW account to play any of this new content, it's actually remarkably similar to the idea of adding Mercenary mode to Hearthstone. At this point, Hearthstone has three games going on inside of it, and you you could easily just play one of them and never play the other two. You could just do Mercenaries now like in, until they remove it or what have you. You could literally never play regular Hearthstone. And the, I don't think they care as long as you're playing one of them. You're still playing their game. And so it, it's similar with, with with WoW and WoW Classic and all of that. They don't care if you just play BCC. They don't care as long as you're playing you know one of them. You're, it counts as an account. It counts on their numbers and that's all they need. So I don't really see it as a tremendous problem. I mean, I do understand that it, You're absolutely correct in that the player base is segmented. And will this make it worse? I don't think so. I think it will just be what it is.
2: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. I think that the player base is already as segmented as I think it's going to be. And at this point, stuff like this, I don't think segments it further. I think if we approach it from a different angle, it's a good thing, right? If you think about it in terms of giving players more options and how to experience the game, It actually keeps people playing more, and that means that the player base stays strong. And somebody who plays in one particular mode might be curious of playing something else. Like, there are people who signed up just for Classic, and I'm just using this as an example, that then decided to try Battle for Azeroth or decided to try uh, Shadowlands, and they now get exposed to a whole new set of players. If you give players options and ways to explore the game, it's... I don't think it segments the player base because there's already enough tools to make players uh, group up and be able to do that easier so you don't have to worry like you, you did back in the day. And even with Classic WoW, finding groups is, is a lot easier now with the technology. So like between Discord and uh, Twitter and all the other socials, yeah, it's you can find a group. I see people advertising more on uh, twitter and and discord for groups and classic than i think actually advertising game so no matter what mode they're playing i think the tools are there to sort of keep the players in touch with everybody else so i would say not not necessarily maybe segmenting just giving more options
0: yeah okay i think i we're all on the same page there then uh liz do you have anything else to say before we move on no all righty then next one is from zool joe
2: there is no Dana, only Zul. Uh After seeing a screen grab or two, do we need more anima items, or should the devs be paring it down? I'm all for paring it down, even though they're all lore-based, simply because a day of dailies, etc., can leave me with half my bags full of straight-up anima items. I, I'll i just go, like, I think that's probably my only pet peeve with, with, well, I shouldn't say my only pet peeve, um, but that is a pet peeve of mine, is that there are some really cool lore things that you can get, but... Also, it takes up a ton of bag space and maybe it is time like you hit a certain point and maybe you don't see them anymore or maybe they're less frequent and it's all more of one type or another or maybe they cycle through them. Like maybe one set of dailies rewards one type and that's it um, of an item and then maybe the next day it's a different one of that same group instead of having 15 different items at three stacks each uh, taking up your entire bag space. So, what do you guys think?
0: I think the Anima system has been just baffling and confusing me since Shadowlands started. And it is one of the things about Shadowlands that I don't like. Um, So I would be totally down for, instead of having like hundreds of little ones, you get like a couple that are really big and just, just go from there. I, I, anything that reduces the complexity on this system is fine by me. I, I'm not even gonna say I don't like Anima. The Anima itself isn't the problem it's all the little details of anima management that I, that I mm-hmm. find like baffling. And it's just like, I get to the point where like, I don't want to have to do all this different stuff. like, it's like it feels like in a day I have to go do my mission table and I have to go do all the available stuff in the day to, to get, you know, from various missions around the world. And I have to deal with my like, garden of dead people's souls that I have to you know keep be tending. And it's just like I am tired. I just want to come into the game, do some quests and go home. Why can't you let me do that? I can't do every day like this Con- concept
2: versus implementation, right?
0: Yeah, it, it's not that it's a bad concept. It's not even the implementation is bad, but it is very What's the term they use? Engagement. It's very based around high engagement. Yes. There are days I want low engagement. Mm-hmm. There are days I want <laughs> to just log into the game, do a couple dailies, and be say hi to my friends and log off. Like on raid days, I'm going to be doing some raiding. I'm not at the moment doing raiding because I've been having a lot of stuff going on in my in my actual life. But you know, on raid days, that's one thing. But on other days, sometimes I just want to log on and and just like relax. And, and play like some play some World of Warcraft. I don't want it to be like, you know, my, my job simulation. You know, it feels sometimes like I'm playing like the game of the Sims and it, it's just <laughs> there's so much going on. And it's like, no, I just wanted to go like kill some stuff and, you know, maybe get a drop. You know, I, I I maybe run a dungeon, a dungeon, not have to run two dungeons with these special quests, just a dungeon or two. Maybe Maybe do a mythic with my friends, not to the level where it kind of starts feeling like I've got a checklist. I'm trying to trying to hit, tick off all the boxes on that's, that's not what I was looking for. So that's, that's my take on it. Anything that would reduce the complexity I'm down for. Liz. I mean,
1: I think the little lore aspect is neat, but it's, it's become just kind of tedious. Like I don't look at these items to see what they are. I'm just like, okay, I have 20 different things in my bag and now I need to go. Three continents over to turn them in because you can't just turn them in, and it's just we we need some simplification here. Uh, So I think it's cool, but it's one of those things. Okay, this was fun the first time, and now it's gotten old.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I would I would agree with that. So yeah, I think we're all basically in agreement that reducing the complexity and making it easier for us to do stuff would be the way to go.
2: And because there seems to be some confusion, before I move on, the complaint or the 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 poster is is bringing up here is that. It's not that they hit the cap of anima and that they have to move stuff around. It's that at the end of a round of dailies, you might one daily might reward you three of anima item X and the next daily will reward you three of anima item A and the next one will reward you three anima of anima item Z and none of those items stack on top of each other aside from their own specific item so you wind mm-hmm. up with a ton of stuff taking up bag space until you turn it in it's the same thing with the not even just the anima the um, the research stuff that you get for uh, in corthia it's the same thing it all goes to the same bucket but it has a million different icons that don't stack with each other so that's that's yeah, the so complaint
0: instead of giving me 3 of a make a bigger and give me one of a
2: or, or make everything from, that day, everything from that day be A, so that it takes up one slot in my bag.
0: Yeah, just come up with a way to make it less complicated is all we're going for. Yeah.
1: Cool. Or let you click on them while you are anywhere in the game and just turn them in instead of having to go somewhere so you can clear out your bag.
2: That's a really good idea, just
1: too. There, there are a lot of little places where this could be a little less complicated, and we haven't made any changes to the system yet, so... Maybe dial this down a little bit because it's complication that doesn't add fun or interest. It's just hassle. Yep,
0: yep. I would agree. All right, uh, Liz, you're up for the next question.
1: Uh, from Syncline, do you think Blizzard is considering their aging population? Some of my raid group are now hitting our sixties. Yet fights and class rotations just seem to keep getting more and more complicated and fast paced. Are we aging out of heroic difficulty or should Blizz give us a walker transmog and old person buff to keep up with fights?
2: I'm in this, I'm in this question and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. I mean, because wow, is, what, what anniversary are we coming up on this year? Is it 17? 17. Yep. So wow is going to be 17 years old in November. And that's that's a long run. If you were playing in on day one, you are now seventeen years older than you were when the game was released, and and that is a long time. Like I have issues with my wrists now, and sometimes you know clicking a lot of buttons that are really close together, you know, I get these hand cramps, and it's it's genuinely kind of hard. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know. He, I don't know what the answer to this is.
2: I, I mean, I think we kind of talk about this a little bit, and I see Molly in chat, but like. Liz and I are in the same raiding guild uh, and yeah. we're all getting to that point where we're we're in our, you know, most of us late thirties, early forties. Um, and it doesn't sound like that old, but when you've been doing this for almost 20 years, it, it, it catches up with you. And like, we're getting to the point where we call it chicken time and a raid night where <laughs> we know everybody's just ready for bed. Uh, and like, we will, we will sit there and try to figure out, uh, you know, how much more we can go and push and try until we just hit our wall and it's just we need to go to bed, and that that's sort of the end of it. And we all work full time jobs and we all have lives outside of the game now. We're not the 20 somethings that used to sit and you know, drink Mountain Dew and eat Cheetos for eight hours a day playing wow. Um, I'm using that as a general term, I'm not you know, just the level of devotion that we put in the game food
0: you want, you know, put yeah. in the snack food you <laughs> yeah. want.
2: It, it's, it's just not the same anymore. And it's not necessarily that I think we're getting, we're aging out of the game. I think we're just aging. And the game is I'm trying to think of how to compare this. And I think Mitch might like this one. It's like playing <laughs> dark souls almost in bloodborne. They are two very different games and they require a very specific thing out of you. Some, some content in WoW is just like that, and some things in Raiding is just like that, where they have a certain level of expectation. And I think it's been sort of the same level of complicated since Lei Shen. Uh, Lei Shen was a a beast of a fight. If you had any sort of cognitive disorder, um, you had to remember like 8 million things at a drop of a hat. And it was, we joked about it back then, but fights have kind of stayed in that realm. They're just like maybe a hair's breadth away from being as complicated as Lei Shen. So... I, I that's just kind of like the way video games move now. and I don't think it's that we're getting older, necessarily. I think it's just the game has changed. The game literally has changed. So, Well,
0: I can come at this from a slightly different perspective. Uh, Joe and I played, were in a guild together at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, the guild I ended up with, like, there was, I'd say, around Mists of Pandaria, the guild I was in at the time. I ended up being a tank for it because it always happens to me. I join a guild as a DPS warrior. Next thing I know, I'm tanking. <laughs> um and i remember this this it's interesting because this fight was a wake-up call to me about something that i had not really realized what was happening um there's uh um the Noroshen fight uh, the, you know, i want to call it the the one where you have to cleanse the corruption from your raid and you end up yeah, fighting you know, and the tanks get sent downstairs and at the time my eyesight was degrading and i didn't know that I mean, people always like say like, you know, how could you not know it because it's gradual and because you just think, oh, well, you know, I'm getting older. Maybe I need to get some some glasses or something, but it came to a point where I realized I could not tank the part of the fight that went downstairs on any difficulty above. Like, you know, this was before mythic was even introduced. Uh, mythic was introduced at this, this raid. This is the first time mythic came into the game and I realized I could not do it. I could not see well enough to do it. And this was a huge blow to me because I, I'd, I'd been tanking in raids for years at this point. I had tanked, like I tanked Lee Shen successfully. Let's put it that way. And
2: that, that's a beast um, of a fight to tank. I can't even imagine. Yeah.
0: I tanked Li Shen successfully on the highest difficulty that existed at the time. I tanked everything. Um, I came into a guild that I had been in I'd not been in before and I showed them how to do um the bloods on uh one of the two deathwing fights spine of deathwing. I had to explain that cuz they hadn't done it yet. Um so I mean I I I'm not going around saying I'm in the best tank in the universe or nothing like that, but I I was a fairly experienced tank and to hit that point where my physical limitation meant that I couldn't perform at that level anymore, it does hurt. And it, if you're there I do get what you're saying. Um, a lot of times it's just one or two fights, though, because as Joe's pointed out, design has gotten crazy. Fights are very highly designed, and the harder they get, the, more, the higher difficulty level you push up to, the more unforgiving they get, because that's the experience they're trying to provide. Um, mythic difficulty fights can be, can be ridiculous. Um, even some heroic ones, especially heroic boss fights, like like the ones I'm thinking about, like the end boss of a, of a raid on heroic, oftentimes it's actually easier for a raid group to like go to mythic difficulty and kill a few intro bosses on mythic Mm -hmm. before they kill the end boss on heroic because that's how how designed the the last fights can tend to be the last two to three fights in a raid is is aging a, a, a component of all this sure of course it is all the stuff joe's just said all the stuff liz is talking about absolutely true but it's also true that if you go back and look at the way boss fights were designed in original world of warcraft the fights that took us weeks sometimes even months to clear and then you look at just the average starter fight in a raid now night and day and one of the reasons is because the game has decided that the stuff you learn running dungeons Mm -hmm. isn't really applicable to boss fights in raids anymore nope like they, they, there has to be tank switching, or there has to be a reason you need two tanks. So one tank will have to go do something else. The healers will have to come up with like rotations to survive ridiculous spike damage to the whole raid, and to the individual tanks.
2: Looking okay, at you, purging um, protocol.
0: You know, and it just, it never stops. It, there's, there's like an arms race between the design of raid encounters and the abilities we're given to handle them. And unfortunately, the more abilities you have to handle, the more. It's on you. Like the pressure becomes physical. I I don't think you're, you know, you need to stop playing world of Warcraft, but I do think you need to give yourself some slack. If an encounter is, is messing you up. Mm -hmm. It's okay. The thing, Joe called chicken time. We used to, we used to say, okay, how much gas is left in the tank? And this was going back to like, the old days, this is a classic thing. We were bumping our heads on twin emps And I remember the leader saying, okay, I need to know, I need a gut check here. How much gas is in the tank? Don't feel ashamed to tell me you're done because if you're done sitting here and hammering ourselves against this fight, another three or four times is pointless. Yeah. It's just going to make you feel worse. That's always been in the game and it always will be in the game. We're
2: going to UAQ 40,
0: you know? So (sighs) if, if you are feeling that way at any given moment, just stop. And come back when you're fresh, if that means you only get a couple hours a day, I mean on a raid night, then that's what that means you know you have a lives, you have stuff going on you're not who you were 17 years ago. Thanks okay. for that Liz <laughs> so yeah it is it is what it is you you know one of the most fun things I've gotten in recent memory is just coming along an expansion or two later and doing the content by myself and that way I don't feel bad if I mess up because the only person I'm inconveniencing is myself. Uh, but yeah, it is definitely an aspect of the game that exists. Uh, Liz, anything you want to add to I,
1: that? I just feel like I, as I've gotten older, you know, I've come to understand that I have limitations, you know, when I was a 20 something, I would raid for like four hours straight. You know, I was in, I was in uh, what was the highest level rating gear on my server in vanilla and we would raid like six nights a week. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can't I can't even imagine doing that today. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, I have different limitations, but I don't think that's bad because I have different priorities. And my priority is not playing Warcraft like it's a second job, but to play and have fun with my friends. And, you know, I'm not going to do higher than heroic content, but I feel like heroic content is still accessible as long as you have a group that's engaging in the content and like making a real effort. I mean, I think that's still possible. And if it's not possible, normal is not that bad. And if that's not possible, there is LFR that you can play, though. I think LFR gets kind of complicated because you're playing with this group of strangers who may or may not be that great at the game and may or may not be the people you want to hang out with but i think the game is still fairly accessible it's just you kind of have to know your limits and maybe those limits are going to be different than they were when you were 20 years old when the game launched
2: Yeah, there's no shame in that right like there's there's yeah. there's no there's no shame in saying i'm not the same person i was 20 years ago that that honestly like that's a good thing and and knowing your limitations and finding out where your line in the sand is is a, it's a good thing Ultimately, um and it may feel bad now, but if you like sit and think about it like Liz is pointing out, like Matt's pointed out it, it's okay, there's still plenty of ways to have fun with friends if that's why you're playing the game. there's still plenty of ways to experience the raid content if that's what you're looking for. Um, just find your limit and find where your line is and that's okay.
0: yeah, a lot of times it just does comes down to the fact that you don't have as much time as you used to mm-hmm. yeah. and it's it is fairly simple and it's not it is not about. You being so old, you can't. We had when I played in Vanilla. We had a guy in my raid group who was eighty-three years old, and he was like one of the the main paladins. Like he came, and, and he was just as down for it as anybody. He was always on. He was always ready to go because he had time. You know, he was retired, as he once said. What else am I doing? Yeah. Like you know, I I don't work. I'm I'm eighty-three. I've got plenty of time for this. Um, and I mean, this was a time when. This was a raid where I was like silly enough to give them my phone number. So they would call me at two o'clock in the morning because the dragons of nightmare were up and nobody had pulled them yet. And so I would have to log on and tank that at two o'clock in the morning.
2: I also got those phone calls, but for healing. Yes. I remember those days.
0: Don't ever do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't ever give these. If they have that number, make sure they understand. You don't call me at four o'clock in the morning. I don't care. I, if somebody dies and you need to tell me about it, fine. Otherwise, no, just don't. Cause man, there is nothing quite like you're tanking. You know, it's, it's four o'clock in the morning and you're tanking a dragon, a nightmare. And you're like, there's mushrooms. The mushrooms do something. Oh God, what do the mushrooms do? I can't remember. I can't even taste my own tongue. What's going on. Help me. (laughs) So yeah. Um, It's not necessarily age. A lot of times it is simply time. Because, like I said, eighty-three years old, and he was still going strong. So,
2: speaking of time, do we want to crown the last question in here? I can give it a shot. All right, our last question comes from our good friend Tetsemi. Uh, question for Blizzard Watch: Do you get burned out or overwhelmed watching while WoW PTR changes? And if you do, how do you get rid of that? And if you don't, how are you avoiding it? I think that's a very good. Um, okay,
0: you answer it. Okay.
2: <laughs> um. Yes, I get burned out. Uh. uh when I it, it's information overload and so i will make it a point to qu- kind of like ignore the vast majority of it um and i hate to say it like that because i appreciate the the digging and the presentation that like our site does uh, and like wowhead does um and you know i i appreciate that and i want to you know click the content and give the clicks through but at the same point it's I know it's a bit too much for it. and things change so frequently. And I think what really did it for me is years of working in companies that produce software and understanding dev cycles. It, it's it's one of those things that I just started to accept that it is just too much to keep track of. And so I try to filter and keep myself to very specific things. You'll hear me on the show multiple times talk about like, yep, I have no idea what that is uh, because I have actively avoided anything to do with like certain things. And I limit myself to certain things like mechanics or new systems that are being put into the game because that's the things that I'm most interested in. And I want to kind of keep the rest as a surprise. So that's how I handle it. And that's how I avoid burnout. And if I am feeling burned out, uh, I kind of walk away and use palate cleansers. So I have, uh, I talked about this uh, at a breakfast topic a while ago. Where like, what are your your go to games? What are your favorite games? If I need a brain cleanser, I go play Spider Man. Like it, it doesn't matter what how stressed I am. That's my game. Uh, I'll I'll sit down, just flip my way through a city, and before I know it, I've forgotten everything that I that information overload that happened from the PTR stuff. What about you guys?
1: I mean, I sure. I admit I am. Well, I mean, I'm the editorial director here. I kind of run everything and kind of push. It's like, okay, we need to write about this. We need to write about this. We need to write about this. But even I don't pay attention to the minutiae of everything because personally, I know all of this could change and I do not really care about it having 10 variations between now and then. So I don't pay attention to the little stuff. I'm interested in kind of big system changes Mm -hmm. or changes I know that are going to to affect my character because that's important for me to uh, be on top of because I do do some raiding and I raid heals so I need to know kind of what I'm in for but a lot of stuff I just don't pay attention to because I don't if I don't have to pay attention to it I don't pay attention to it I keep a I try to keep a good top level Uh, informed, but I don't go into all the nitty gritty. And a lot of the stuff Blizzard Watch does is we are not the place to go for minutiae and that's okay. And the reason I feel this is, is because Wowhead other sites that do data mining, they do this so well. Wowhead does such an amazing job. They have such an incredible staff over there. We are never going to do that as well as they do. And I don't think there's a point for us to try and dig in so deep on that. What we're really good at is covering the big picture. Like, okay, this is, there are all these PTR notes and this is what's important to know, or this is how you do this thing that's being tested on the PTR right now. So I think that kind of helps me avoid burnout because there's only so much I pay attention to. And I think a lot of people are most interested in the top level information and also, what we were talking about about gamers getting older. You know, I I'm no longer interested in all the minutiae. I know some people are, but I don't want to know every little detail. Yeah, I don't have the time. <laughs> I don't have the attention span. And you know, when I was 20 years old, sure, I would have read through all of this and been really excited about it. But these days, I'm like, no, I want I want to know the basics. And I kind of think that's where our readers are too. So that's what this, that's what I focus on. And that's kind of more what the site focuses on. Just not getting into the weeds here because the weeds aren't that important.
0: Matt. I don't get burned out on it because I, I don't know how to explain this, but in my head are the, I still remember how to tank in patch (laughs) 1.0. Like, the, the game is in my head. It is so much a part of the past 17 years of my life. I mean, I proposed to my wife in Molten Core. Um, it's World of Warcraft players who, who you know gave me the money to get through the legal process to get medical treatment for my eyes. I've been playing this game and involved in this game for so long that I could, if you, that's one of the reasons I asked earlier about like, if they had a Mr. Pandaria server, would you play on it? Because I still remember how to play. Mm-hmm during mists of pandaria and i've gotten to the point where every time a new expansion comes out anytime a new patch comes out things change i am so inured to the changes that they don't register like i know that they've changed but it doesn't feel like a big change to me because it's like i've reached that point of of old man zen where i just don't care like okay is it still basically monsters i hit them with my sword and shield and stuff Okay, yeah, cool. Titan's Grip's still in the game? Yep, all right, cool. That's, that's basically it. As long as I've got the things that I recognize as my touchstones, like Warriors are the best class, uh, <laughs> Titan's Grip is the best thing ever, uh, I really like, you know, every cl- every race is good as a Warrior. Um, warriors, yay. Charge is ghoul. Cool. You know, these things are still there. I'm good. It's that's, that's that simple. Like, can I transmog? I can transmog anything to fist weapons now. Neat. And I move on because I just, I've been at this so long. I've internalized so much of it that it is, it's sort of like if you're talking to somebody who's collected stamps for like, you know, 30 years, like they, and they'll just casually know stamp stuff and they don't even think about it. It's like that. I just casually know world of Warcraft stuff. I casually know Warcraft lore stuff. Mm -hmm. I just know it. Uh, so when more stuff gets added, I just kind of, I kind of just shove it into the pile. Like, you know, oh yeah, just load that back in the second, uh, money vault. So Scrooge McDuck here can swim in it later. It's like that. Scrooge McDuck is a warrior, by the way. Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. So is Donald. I mean, come on. Donald's obviously a fury warrior. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously, dude, when Daffy Duck thinks you need to tone it down, tone it down. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't get burned out because of that. But there was a time that I did. There was a time I used to obsess and freak out about, oh, my God, what does this mean? And now I'm like, it, it means that the rules change. Calm down, man. It'll It'll be fine. They'll change it again eventually. Everything changes sooner or later. So, yeah,
2: that's me. All right, but I think that's going to do it. So Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
0: Thank you, Joe. Um, Before we move on, I do want to say that, as as Joe says so much better than I every time we do Lore Watch, this site and this podcast stands with the employees at Activision Blizzard, and we think that their demands are reasonable and should at least be addressed. Um, I'm talking to you, Mr. Kodak. Uh, yeah, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Please send me emails. I miss them so much. I love, I love you <laughs> discord people. Thank you for questions every week, but seriously, send me some emails at podcast at blizzardwatch.com because I need them. It's so lonely to just see, you know, this guy asking me if uh, if I wanna help him get money out of Nigeria. I mean, it's a little <laughs> nostalgic, but it's also no, no, I want to talk about video games. So <laughs> please send emails to that address. Um, or you can go to our Discord. We we do still love you guys at Discord. Thank you for all the questions. You can go to the Patreon uh Q and Podcast Questions channel or the Q questions channel and you can ask there as well and we will absolutely love to to take them and look at them. And don't feel like you're got you've got to ask about wow you don't even feel like you've got to ask about blizzard games if you really want to ask a question about another game go for it the worst thing that will happen is yeah. we might not know anything about it so we won't answer it
2: you know you know what but, let's let's try this go ahead and open it up ask any ask questions about games just just go ahead just do it yeah, let's see what happens let's see what we're happens. totally
0: we're totally willing to talk about it. but thank you both to liz and joe for being here with me this has been the blizzard watch podcast and we'll be back next week